Good morning, and peace be with you. We have a lot going on today. Um, some visitors, and uh, a visitor from way back when that's going to be here, Nancy V. And uh, I saw Carol, where'd she, she's, a, she's an impromptu greeter. It's always good to see her. Thanks for driving all the way up from uh, Dana Point. Wow. Um, and so welcome to Reformation, and, and uh, we'll get started with our announcements. I think, Lee, you're going to grace us with that, and so without further ado, I, I give you Lee. <laughs> Good morning, another beautiful Sunday outside. Uh, anyway, um, I, I got a, uh, information from Ashley yesterday. There's something that did not get on the bulletin. Uh, of course, we always encourage you to read the bulletin when you get a chance, when you get home or whatever. Uh, or, well, not, not during the service, of course, but uh, anyway, read that. Um, there are several things that we did want to mention, though. Uh, the mission, again, for this month is Robin's Nest. There is a flyer back there on the uh, table in the narthex if you want to take a look and find out a little bit more about what they do. It's a good cause. Um, the Bible study will be the Lenten study again on Tuesday. It will include a lunch. It does start at noon. Uh, they're studying the uh, shepherd looks at the 23rd Psalm, so you might not want to miss that. We've still got a couple more weeks of that before it's over. Um, and then Monday, Thursday, uh, first week in April, excuse me, yeah, Anyway, I forget. Anyway, Monday, Thursday, uh, be a soup and supper at 4 o'clock with a service following at 5 o'clock. They need some helpers also for that show, that uh, service and everything. Uh, so there's, a, again, a sign-up sheet back there in the narthex on the table. Please help out if you can. Good Friday, same thing. Uh, need some help with services and so forth. And the thing that did not make it onto the bulletin at all is that they are taking donations for Easter lilies to decorate the uh, church on Easter Sunday. Uh, they're $9.50 each, but you can donate whatever you want. There is a sign-up sheet back there, uh, and you can, you know, dedicate it to someone or in honor of whatever you want to call it. Uh, today, let's see, did that, did that. Yeah, I think I did that. Okay, other than that, pretty much the usual stuff on the uh, bulletin for the usual events and everything we do, so it's good to see everybody. Um, I think, do we still have the sandwiches today? Okay, uh, fellowship in honor of a couple of birthday girls. Okay, well, somebody shares a birthday with her though, Luann. All right, so it's, it's for Nancy's 90th birthday, is that right? Okay, and Luann shares the same birthday although she claims not to be quite that old. Um, so anyway, there will be sandwiches out there at Fellowship, so it'll be a little bit extra special for that. Make sure you say happy birthday to both of them. <laughs> Any minute now. Okay, anyway, so stick around for Fellowship. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. And then one other uh, thing to, to bring up, we're honored and, and grateful to have um, Diane Zinn again with us today in leading worship. And then um, just so you know, in your bulletin, there is an insert in there, the hymn of the day, which is going to be, there is a fountain, the words are there for you. So thank you very much.
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are known and all desires are known and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, he's given us his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning. And though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all our needs of body and soul. Grant that we may heartily acknowledge your merciful goodness, give you thanks for all your benefits, and serve you in willing obedience through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Okay, the first reading this morning is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 42, verses 14 through 21, which can be found in your pew Bible on page 1124. Isaiah is a prophet, and he speaks, God gives him words to speak to the nation of Israel, and this is what's going on here. And as you probably know, um, the Israelites uh, kind of turn away from God when things are good. Uh, they pay attention when things are bad. In this particular case, they've been in captivity in uh, Babylon because of their uh, disrespect and turning from God, and he's going to send them back to Jerusalem. In these verses, you'll hear the term servant, and in these verses, servant refers to the nation of Israel. Isaiah 42, beginning with the 14th verse. For a long time I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out. I gasp and pant. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. But those who trust in idols, who say to images, you are our gods, will be turned back in utter shame. Hear, you deaf. Look, you blind, and see. Who is blind but my servant, and deaf like the messenger I send? Who is blind like the one in covenant with me, blind like the servant of the Lord? You have seen many things, but you pay no attention. Your ears are open, but you do not listen. It pleased the Lord for the sake of his righteousness to make his law great and glorious. The second reading is taken from Psalm 142, and we're going to read that responsively. It's printed in your bulletin on page 6. This is a psalm from King David, who is in dire distress, as he often is, and under attack, and he's appealing to God for mercy. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to you, Lord, I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. 
The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 8 through 14, and this can be found on page 1822 in the Pew Bible. So Paul is uh, writing to the people of Ephesus. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks to God. Hallelujah. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning comes from St. John, chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. It can be found on page 1664 of your pew Bible. John records, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth, and his, his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Well, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God may be displayed in him. And as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming. When no one can work, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And after saying this, he spit on the ground, and he made some mud with the saliva, and he put it in the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed, and came home seeing. Now his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Is, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? And some claimed that he was. And others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am that man. How then were your eyes opened? they asked. And he replied, the man, the man they called Jesus, made some mud and he put it on my eyes. And he told me to go to Siloam and wash. And so I went and I washed and then I could see. Where is this man? they asked him. I don't know, he said. And they brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. And therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud in my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. And then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes that he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. They still did not believe 
that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? Well, we know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know that he was born blind. But how he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age, and he will speak for himself. Now his parents, they said this because they were afraid. They were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. And that is why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. Now a second time, they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. And he replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, and now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered, I've told you already, and you do not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, You are his, this fellow's disciples. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. And now the man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And to this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And then they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me, so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. And some of the Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what? Are we blind too? And Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It is my hope, it is my prayer every week that uh, the Holy Spirit would do the gospel unto the hearers. That's you. That's me. That's anyone that catches this on uh, the internet. That's why I pray May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. I also pray some of you have been with me during the weeks. Before our Bible studies, I ask for new eyes to see, new ears to hear. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Do the gospel unto us. Give us new perspective. And I really hope that today you see this story 
excuse me, this account as recorded by John in a brand new way from a different perspective. Let's unpack it. Today's gospel provides us with the account of Jesus giving sight to a blind man. And that although giving sight to a blind man is miraculous, it's spectacular, it is not the main focus of the narrative. Now the main focus of the narrative is the apparent conflict between the Pharisees and the man who used to be blind. And I say apparent conflict because the Pharisees, their real problem is not with the man who was formerly blind. Their problem, their conflict is with Jesus. The mind, the, the, the man that was blind is their enemy simply because he has become a disciple of their arch enemy, Jesus. Now this conflict is ancient. It goes back all the way to the account in Genesis after Adam and Eve fell. The Lord uh, pronounced a curse on the serpent. Do you remember this? This is in Genesis 3, 14, and 15. God says, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, and you shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, Jesus is the offspring of the woman, and the Pharisees are the offspring of the serpent. Okay. And just in case, I doubt it, but I got to put this disclaimer, just in case you think I'm being a little bit harsh on the Pharisees, let's take a moment and hear what Jesus said about the Pharisees. He said this in John 8, uh, 42 and 44. He said, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he who sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of the Father the devil." And your will is to do your father's desire. There it is. Jesus said it. Jesus himself states that the devil is their father. And this conflict that we see in today's gospel is nearly as old as time itself. Now the account in today's gospel begins when Jesus encounters a blind man, and then he gives him the gift of sight. And at first, things went really well. After all, he had been blind, and, and now he can see. And that's, that's terrific, right? I mean, that's, that's good stuff. The only problem is that the miracle, the miracle drew attention to the man. And after a while, some Pharisees began some informal hearings to gather up the facts of the case. And you see, the miracle, it's a miracle provoked a major theological conflict because Jesus had performed this miracle on the Sabbath. And the law of Moses forbade work on the Sabbath. And the traditions of the elders stated that making mud and healing was in fact work. And therefore, according to their thinking, 
Jesus had broken the Sabbath by making mud and healing. And this made him an evil, wicked man. A sinner. Now on the other hand, they also believed that God would never perform a miracle like this through an evil man. If Jesus really did give sight to a blind man, then, then Jesus was good. So the question comes, is Jesus evil or is Jesus good? How could a good man break the Sabbath? How could an evil man How can an evil man restore sight? And the only way that they could resolve this conflict was to find a conflict in the man's testimony. Bring him on in and see if he messes up. Now it never occurred to them that the tradition of the elders might be wrong. That the ceremonial law does not forbid works of mercy on the Sabbath. But instead, they set out to break this man and his testimony. And here is where we can learn something. The forces, the forces of sin take notice when the Holy Spirit begins to work in people. The devil, the world, and our own sinful nature have no problem No problem at all when we are comfortably coasting along on the wide, multi-laned road to hell. When it is, when the Holy Spirit throws on the brakes and and he begins to steer us onto the narrow road that leads to eternal life, well, that's when we get noticed and that's when the forces of evil mount an attack on us. And that is when the road starts to get a little bit bumpy. But here is where we can learn something else about this story. As the Pharisees escalate their attack on this man, his testimony becomes stronger instead of weaker. Instead of breaking this man, The Holy Spirit used this attack to build him up. And at the start of the interrogation, the man's answers are short and to the point. I just love it. His answers were this. He put mud on my eyes and I washed and now I see. Period. Full stop. And the Pharisees, well, they're trying to intimidate him. It almost seems that he just wants to finish this interrogation and go home. And as the interrogation wears on, this man begins to perceive that these Pharisees, they haven't got a clue. And soon he begins to contradict the Pharisees. When he says whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. And so by the time we get to the end of the interrogation, it is hard to tell who is broken. Instead of being intimidated, this man who had received his sight began to lecture the Pharisees, and he even got a little bit sarcastic. Did you notice that? He said, now, that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. And nobody has heard of opening the eyes of a blind man. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. I got to say that this man's uh, logic is impeccable. Now, as we read the account of this interrogation, we see the control slip away from the Pharisees. They had hoped to break this little beggar and get him back under their control. But God made him into a theologian instead. God had taken a blind beggar and made him into a spiritual David. And these Pharisees were beginning to take stones between their 
spiritually blind eyes. And the Pharisees witness a miracle that is much greater than giving sight to the blind. They are watching. And we got to see it and hear it firsthand. They are watching a faith grow and mature right before their eyes. Now ultimately, the Pharisees lost control. And with all the bluster that they could muster, they expelled this man from the synagogue. In a sense, get out. Don't ever come back. And the man who had been born blind now understood that the Pharisees had no answers for him. That their faith in a collection of man-made traditions could not save him. His only hope was in the great prophet who had given sight to him. And it is then that this greatest of all prophets found him. And Jesus heard the man was expelled, and he found him in order to add spiritual vision to the gift of physical sight that he had already given him. The Holy Spirit prepared the man's heart so that Jesus asked him, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And that man was ready to listen. He said, Who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. And then Jesus revealed himself with the words, You have both seen him, and the one who is speaking with you is he. The man's faith took action as he confessed with his mouth and fell to his knees to worship the one who brought light to both his eyes and also brought light to his soul. And this man, who had been born blind, received much, much more than sight from the Savior. The Holy Spirit had worked faith in his heart. He, he understood that he was a sinner and that he could not save himself. And he learned that Jesus was not just a prophet, but that he was Lord of the prophets and even more. And he was the fulfillment of all the prophets. When Jesus Christ died on the cross and he rose from the dead and he showed himself to the disciples, this man saw his sins died also with Jesus and that his sins remained in the grave when Christ arose. And he saw that Jesus would never leave him and when he died, he would immediately see Jesus again face to face. So, what do we learn from the story? Jesus himself provides the answer. When he said this, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. And the account in today's gospel is one of those accounts that makes me wish that the sermon was about an hour longer. I know you don't, but and mercifully it isn't. It's almost over. But even so, the overall conflict in this gospel can teach us a few things. That the conflict arose when Jesus began giving his gifts to the man who had been born blind. And this teaches you, it teaches me, to expect conflict when we are faithful to Christ. Because the evil forces of this world, well, they hate Jesus, and therefore they will hate you, and they will hate me. And the Pharisees started the conflict, but they, they accused Jesus of wrongdoing. And this teaches us that although others cause conflict, they will blame the faithful, for it. They will throw out a smokescreen of accusations using words such as bigoted, narrow-minded, divisive, and so forth. But they will not make a case for these accusations. And this is the lie that forces 
that the forces of evil use to distract us from the truth. And the truth is that they are the ones who cause the division in the first place. And finally, we see that the Holy Spirit used this conflict to work in the man who had once been blind and to bring him to Jesus Christ. This teaches us that the Holy Spirit can use conflict to give us a stronger faith. When the world attacks us, when the world attacks us and there is nowhere else to go but to Jesus Christ and him crucified for the forgiveness of sin, our faith becomes stronger. Jesus does not Underline, Jesus does not leave us alone with the conflict and persecution that the devil sends our way. Instead, he sends the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. It is when the Holy Spirit moves us to admit our sinful spirituality blind condition. When we admit we cannot see, it is then that Jesus gives us spiritual sight. It is when Christ reveals himself to us in word and in sacrament and that the Holy Spirit creates and sustains faith in us. We are like the man who was born blind. The Holy Spirit shows us that Jesus is our prophet, Jesus is our priest, and Jesus is our king. And as a result, the Holy Spirit will work in us to withstand the attacks of the world. And we look forward to the peace and joy of life forever with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen.
please stand if you're able? Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets, and we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Great physician, enlighten our eyes by your blessed gospel and hide us in your shelter in the day of trouble. Provide a home in your church for those cast out by this world and unite them with us in pure confession of your name. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of hosts, your Son abides among his saints in the temple of his church. Shelter all those who seek refuge under the cover of his tent and raise up pastors in every age to serve them in your name. Lord, in your mercy, Father, through holy baptism, you have brought us into the light of Christ. Guide us always in your ways and teach us to know your will, that we would do what is good and right and true. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, those who wait for your salvation have the promise that you will not forsake them. Lead those who wander in darkness through rough places that they would find the way of righteousness and not be put to shame. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Father, you have promised that what we suffer does not condemn us, but instead displays your glory. Sustain the afflicted in body and soul, that they would take heart, trust, trust in you for healing, and find you even in the midst of their trials. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, everyone who believes in Jesus as Lord will not be put to shame. Unite your people in a right confession of your word and free them from disagreement over your truth. Bring us with penitent hearts to receive the great riches of your Son's body and blood. Lord, in your mercy. It is into your hands, O Lord, that we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Let us do it from where we're sitting and turn around and say hi and 
and we'll keep going because we've got a big celebration after this. you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal, faith, and life, and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> you may be seated. This, this uh, sacrament of the altar imparts grace. It imparts forgiveness of sins. It is a salvific uh, gift that the Lord gave to us when he instituted it. If your confession is that Jesus Christ is Lord, then this is for you. When the ushers come, they will bring you forward. Come, the table is prepared. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his perfect peace.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.